Hello, everybody. Welcome to your very favorite Bronze Age comic book podcast, Flea Market Fantasy. I am your co-host, Mike Gell, and as always, I'm joined by... Michael Dell of the LCS Hockey Radio Show. That's right. And uh, this week, I uh, dug deep. I dug very deep into the Bronze Age, and they found a revival of an old Golden Age character called Starman, but this one is nothing like the original. Uh, yeah. First issue special number 12. <laughs> I was just going to sit quietly throughout the whole show, but I guess I have to talk. At some point yeah. you do, yes. Good lord. First so, issue. lay your research pick, on us. The last pick you had, Michael, we did first issue special, I believe issue 9. That's right. Which was Dr. Fate. Now that's understandable. Dr. Fate, a prominent character. Mm-hmm. People like Dr. Fate. People even love Dr. Fate. So now you're like, oh, it's my pick again. Let's see what should I do. Oh, let's go right back to first issue special. And this time, number 12, Starman. Yeah. A character no one likes. A character who, uh, you know. I, well, I guess he came back a little bit, right? Later on? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> but, but, but this is, what year was this? 76? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, so, yeah. So he's in this one issue in 1976, and then he doesn't show up again until, like, I don't know, 90-something. <laughs> yeah. So. We why? can't figure out why. Why are dis- we doing this? We're going to discuss that. As I said, I, I ha- we, have to re- we have to review every Bronze Age, uh, what's it called, uh, revamp of a Golden Age character, and Starman is one of them. So that's why we're reviewing Starman. See, I did not realize that was a prerequisite for the show, oh, yeah. that we had to do every Bronze Age revamp of yep. a Golden Age. But really, this has nothing to do with that Golden Age character. No, nothing. Just the name. Yes. Absolutely nothing. Because uh, remind people who the Golden Age Starman was. We've talked about him before on the show. Uh, what was his name? Um, Ted Knight. Ted Knight, yes. He was... Like the, uh, the guy who played Ted Baxter on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Right. So yeah, Ted Knight, uh, he had kind of an unusual... He had mostly a red costume with a yellow star on his chest. He had had an unusual mask in that it covered up his whole head, but it revealed his face. Well, yeah, it's not a mask. That's a helmet. Yeah, well, is it? <laughs> well, if it's not covering your face, it's not a mask at all. It okay. can't be a mask. <laughs> well, what I'm saying though, is it's made out of spandex, so it's not a helmet, right? Like it's uh, just a... But he had like that metal fin on top of his head, so... Right, right. Well, know. yeah, in any case... Um, he also had a green cape. Yeah, green cape, green underwear, green boots. Uh, the only Golden Age character with the same boot design as Superman, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, little, I did not notice M's, that. Yeah. And, and what was his big claim to fame, Michael? Oh, he had a gravity rod. <laughs> That's right. Now, I'm required to say that uh, I also have a gravity rod, <laughs> but I don't get to use it as much as I used to. But yeah, his gravity rod was something he invented that harnessed the power of the stars or something, right? Yeah, later it changed to, oh, what did they call the it? Cosmic the Cosmic Staff. Okay, okay. I thought it was Cosmic Rod, but okay. I think it was a staff, but okay. yeah. He took some Viagra, got a little bit. So right, right. <laughs> became a full-fledged staff. Right. Uh, yeah, he lasted quite a while in the Golden Age. Like, he was a member of the Justice Society, right? Yeah, he was one of the core 40 superheroes in the 1940s, right? Right. Like, yeah. right. And they briefly brought him back in the 60s for a couple appearances and I think Brave and the Bold. But, yeah, for some reason, um, they waited a long time to really... I guess, you know, you could say reboot the character. This is not really a reboot. This is just the same name. Yes. A totally different character. 
Correct. Uh, yeah. And I guess there have been like 10 different star men right, throughout DC's right, right, history. True. And not all of them are connected. It's just, um, I guess, are you aware of a fellow named uh, James Robinson? Yes, he did a series called Starman in the 90s. And yes, and I guess I, people loved it. Issues. Yeah, yeah, I've only read a couple issues, but people rave about it. And that story was uh, Ted Knight's son, I believe. Right, Try, right, right. Trying to feel the, you know, the footsteps of his old man as the new Starman. Right. And, uh, but yeah, from what I could tell, it's critically acclaimed. Very. Yeah, because in that series, they also bring back all the Starmans, including this Starman. Yes, this Starman yeah. does pop back up, and he puts a little tweak on him, yep. which we'll get into in a minute. But, uh, yeah, because it, it's revealed in that series that Starman, the name, comes from the David Bowie song, mm. Starman. Like an outer space guy, you know, coming to the planet. But when Jerry Conway created the character, he did not have that in mind, right, from what right. I can tell. He just wanted, he, he said he just always liked the name Starman. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to uh, put another spin on it, so he did this. <laughs> but uh, eesh. should we talk about the character design? Yikes! Uh. <laughs> well, we, should, we should say the creators here are, of course, Jerry Conway and uh, Mike Vosberg is the artist. Right. Well, everyone and, knows Jerry Conway, but did you do any research on Mike Vosberg? <laughs> I did. Would you like to hear it now? Or? Yeah, I don't know. Sure. He what was you... born in 1947 in California. Okay. And I'm done. No. Uh, okay. so in the 1960s, he uh, created Masquerader, which is one of the first comic fanzines. So how about mm, that? Interesting. Huh. So when he's a teenager, he's making fanzines. Uh, he worked in underground comics in the early 1970s, and then uh, he, he became into the big companies there in the late 70s. He did 24 issues of Savage She-Hulk. Oh, wow. That might okay. be where he's most famous. Uh, 15 issues of G.I. Joe. 15? I thought it was only one. Okay. Uh, they had credits for 15 of them, so I don't know. Wow, okay. Huh. Yeah, because his Wikipedia page, usually they have like a bibliography of all the stuff they've done. He did not. So I had to like mm. search on Marvel, for, and they had like the credits, and they have 15 next to him for G.I. Joe, so I don't know. Mm. Uh, nine issues of Cloak and Dagger. Wow, okay. Uh, he's also probably, uh, probably the, mo- the most famous thing he did. Remember the Punisher limited series? Oh, that's right. He did, like, number five, right? Correct. Mike Zek did the first four, and then he did issue five. Right. And then on in Valiant, he did Bloodshot and uh, Archer and Armstrong. Then that means I have those issues because I have nearly every issue of that Valiant published in the 90s. So, well, what, What's was. Archer and Armstrong? I They're basically... Uh, it's like a, a tough guy and, like, a smart guy. They kind of team up and... I don't know. They're just going on adventures and stuff. It's 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 uh, originally created by Barry Windsor Smith. It was actually really good. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, from 1989 to 1996, he worked on the TV show Tales from the Crypt. Huh. He did he did all the storyboards for it. And if you remember that show, they would always show like a comic book cover, like in a 1950s style. He drew all those covers except for like one, I think. So. Wow. Really? Okay. Yeah. And then he just went to Hollywood, and he's been, uh, he still did comics occasionally, but he's really into storyboarding stuff for, like, uh, movies and TV and stuff, so that's what he did later. So that's pretty much all I got from Mike Vosberg. Interesting. Anything else (laughs) that jumps to mind? Uh, Nothing really comes to mind that I can think of. No, I really just know his name from G.I. Joe, so. All right. 
There you go, there's Mike Vosberg. And those are all the notes I have for this book. So, all right. Uh, yeah, um, should we talk about Joe Kubert? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Joe Kubert does the cover for this issue. Yeah, but he and... had no hand in the creation, did he? No. Okay. Nope. Because he also did the cover, if you remember, that Dr. Fate mm -hmm. issue. And they're kind of similar covers in a way. If you go back and look at it, like yeah. there's a threat coming from the top left and the hero on the, the right. And again, the cover has no connection to the story whatsoever. Like this it's... scene does not happen in the story. Yeah, and it's not really, it's not a great cover, especially again for a first issue, right? To introduce a character, it's kind of odd. Uh, yeah, describe the cover. Okay, so again, the title of the book is First Issue Special. This is First <laughs> Issue Special number 12. Yeah, of... and go back to the Dr. Fade episode, and you can find all about the history of First Issue Special. I'm not rehashing it, <laughs> but we <laughs> talked about it then. That's right. right. We're just plugging our previous episodes so they get more hits. Okay, so <laughs> the line It's of like the editor's superstars. notes in the old comics. Yeah, like, see issue, See issue 72 or whatever, yeah, so... Uh, we got our awesome logo here, Starman, with all the stars no, in it. No, this logo is not awesome. I hate this logo so much. That's not great. <laughs> That's because not it's, great. Just, it's just blue letters and Starman. That's fine. But what drives me nuts, Michael, is there's uh, there's white stars on the letters. Yes. But there's varying numbers of stars on the letters. So, like, the M has five, the R has four, the A has three. Uh, mm. And it's just not pleasant to the eye at all. That's a good point. Know. It also is has nothing to do with the character because it looks like the American flag. It should be yeah. it should yeah. be like spacey, right? Yeah, cuz there is not a star on this guy's costume anywhere. Right. Good point. Yeah, it doesn't match the character. But it's just like the uh the balance everything's off balance cuz of the different numbers of stars and it's it's not pleasant to look at. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. We should now we got it. Okay, so we'll get to his costume design in a minute, but let's just say he's flying uh, above two buildings. And he's being shot at by a UFO, and he's he's in a very odd position because he, his his head is looking at the UFO, his arms are up, and his knee is pointed in this really pointy way, and it's just a very odd <laughs> design. Can you describe it? Yeah, and also again, we have the same issue with the Doctor Fate cover. The perspective's a little wonky, mm -hmm. like the way the the UFO's lined up and the shot, and then his body and the buildings. It, it, things are just not perfectly right. aligned perspective wise True. Um, but yeah so but describe what he looks like because okay. this is so significant Sturman has <laughs> light blue or cyan skin he has red dark red hair and then he has one of the wackiest superhero costumes i've ever seen okay so uh, i would say gayest well but, uh, you could you argue that wackiest, you could, maybe yeah. that's where the subtext comes in later but uh, yes i think so he has and, a essentially a white a white wife beater on but it has a very low v cut yes it goes down to like the <laughs> middle of his abs <laughs> paul stanley would be jealous okay um and then he has like this kind of uh medallion thing hanging from his neck yeah like a disco medallion <laughs> right so he has basically a bear like middle of his chest a bear like bare shoulders then he, then he has these long purple gloves on with white, big, thick stripes and, like, these white, like, lines on them. And then he has, like, purple pants with similar white stripes on his purple pants. But Yeah, leotards. Yeah, like leotards. Yeah, it's just a wacky... And then he's got little white costume. stripes on the fronts of his boots. Right. 
and on his gloves. Like, if you saw a female villain in this costume, you'd be like, yeah, that seems about right. But <laughs> it's a dude. Definitely and, not uh, choice. I, I think when I saw... The, the best way to describe this character is like... Uh, David Bowie's more effeminate little brother. I don't know. It's weird. It's like Ziggy Star. This, this outfit comes right out of Ziggy Stardust closet. And then that makes sense when James Robinson, he must have felt the same thing like in the 90s than when he made up the idea of the name coming from David Bowie's song Starman. Because he's very David Bowie-esque in his look. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah. Like the Ziggy Stardust era, mm -hmm. the costume. It's uh, not good. Not it's, a great costume. Uh, no. No, not at all. It is uh, pretty terrible. And what's the deal with his disco medallion, Michael? What does that do? Ah, uh, man, I can't. I just read it yesterday. I don't even remember. Uh, what does it do? <laughs> well, it comes on to play later in the issue, but uh, it shoots out like sonic rays or something, sound okay. waves, and it can make stuff disappear. Right. I Who knows what the, the full extent of its oh. powers are. But... Uh, Man, this is just terrible. All right, so <laughs> I don't know. Oh, also on the cover it says, uh, "Has he come to save the Earth or destroy it?" Right. Dun dun dun. Compelling. Now we got to crack that cover to find out, right? Yeah, we also need to crack this splash page because I could not tell what the fuck was happening in this splash page. Yeah. So again, this is oh okay. So we've got. Starman is flying, but it doesn't look like he's flying. It looks like he's just standing on the S of the let of the logo. <laughs> like it's really yeah. awkward. Yeah, the bottom the bottom like fourth of the page is just Starman real big in red letters. Right. And, and it's uh, terrible. It's even a worse logo than the cover. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes it is. And the Starman there, like you said, he's it looks like he's just standing, but he's supposed to be flying. And it took me a while to figure this out. Because at first glance it's cause then in the background you see like a spaceship. Uh, a very uh, non-detailed spaceship crashing into what looks like a laboratory or something. And then you see the city in the background. But I guess if you look at the little yellow wisps coming off the... I guess he ejected from the spaceship. Yeah, badly done. But, very. I, you at least should give us like three panels leading up to this, right? Of him getting out or something like at the top of the page. But no, yeah, like, it's just very badly done. Yeah, like when I first saw this, I'm like, oh, well, that's, he's flying next to that spaceship that's crashing. like, Right. Or like he dodged that spaceship and it crashed. Right, right. But so then on the next page, we see him stumbling around. Like he lands on the ground and he's stumbling like he's, uh, you know, shaken up by everything that happened. Mm -hmm. But I was very confused. So I had to go back and like, wait, what is going on here? I have mm -hmm. no idea. Uh, also, look at Starman in that splash page. Do you, do you see what's wrong with his figure there, Michael? Specifically, uh, uh, I don't... dig the dig the size of his head. Oh uh, yeah, you could say it's a little too small. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's more than a little too small. It is way too small. Holy hell. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, <laughs> it's not good at all. It's not great art. It's not great art. I'll say that. No, it is not. Uh... And, uh, yeah, he's about and Vosberg's about thirty here, so. Um, yeah. It's not a kid. But at, at least a... the story's good. Okay, let's get to the story. So, um, <laughs> oh, it is? <laughs> so then the next page, we get some awesome dialogue where these, you know, these neighborhood uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, hooligans uh, see him land. Hey, Ernie, hey, you see that? I, I see it, but I don't believe it. That guy must be one of them. 
astronauticals, them spacemen the government sent to the moon. <laughs> yeah, me, I've always had a grudge against those space fellas. Ever since I read a newspaper how that space stuff cheated folks on welfare. Come on, let's see if Mr. Astronaut's got any money. This, is, this dialogue is horrendous. It's now, Mike, yeah, in the year 2020, do you still have a grudge against the space fellas? I do. Against those astro astronauticals, mm. absolutely. <laughs> so the one guy who kind of looks like Ronald Reagan, if you look at him, he, yeah, uh, you can say that. He tries to put uh, our little Starman guy in a full Nelson. And Starman's yelling in some alien language. Right. And he just uh, flips him over. Throws him into, like, I don't know what, a garbage dumpster or something. So next up, it's like Gabe Kaplan. Do you remember <laughs> yeah. Gabe Kaplan? <laughs> Welcome back, Cotter fame. Right. He goes at Starman with a knife. Now... Again, he apparently stabbed Starman in the ribs with a knife, although yeah, it, we never it, see it happen. We just see a knife suddenly sticking out of Starman's ribs. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, because I, I didn't notice it. Like, later on, he pulled yes. it out, and I didn't even know it was there. I'm like, where did that come from? Yeah. Like, on oh. the next in the next panel, they actually circle it in yellow to, like, highlight it right, a little bit. Right, right, right. But, yeah, like, I didn't notice it either until I he pulled it out, and I go, when did he get a knife in his ribs? Mm-hmm. Um, so then we get another dude trying to hit him with a trash can lid. And uh, uh, no, notice we get inside that guy's head. We're head right, hopping right, again. Right, right, right. Which is weird that you get inside that guy's oh, head. Oh, it's just awkward. Yeah, very awkward. Yeah. And then Starman just punches him out. And then we get like four silent panels where he yanks the knife out of his ribs, tosses it down, and then just walks away. Yeah. In, oh, his, little, I... uh, in his little yoga pants and... Uh, you know okay. aerobics outfit yeah. right and then oh and then we just get introduced to some really irritating characters <laughs> like com like i really don't like when they introduce characters like this and they're just at each other's throats for no reason like ease us in just a little bit you know but they're arguing and you know well, well there are two cops Right. Uh, and we know one is Swedish and one is Irish, right? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> they, they mention it. And then uh, a guy from the, the Air Force shows up. And this is like six minutes after the crash of right. the spaceship into the lab. Uh, so the Air Force is just on standby, I guess, to get anywhere mm -hmm. in six minutes. And uh, they're like, I'm taking over this investigation. The cops start arguing with him. He's like, no, this is my, my crime scene or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, boom, the spaceship explodes. Right. And, and, then, what and, happens, that's what, and that's what's funny is already two, two pages in to these character scenes, the one guy's dead. <laughs> yes. Great the exploding heaven. spacecraft ne kills the older cop. Right. Never saw anything like that in all my life. Like something from a movie. You know what I mean? Clarson. Clarson. Blast. The opportunity to lifetime <laughs> up in smoke. He's dead. Hey, what did you say, O'Donnell? I, I said Dave Clarson is dead. He's crying. <laughs> uh. Yeah, like we're supposed to give a damn. Right, we All met right. him two panels ago. <laughs> so now we see Starman breaking into a grocery store. He right. He just punches through. <laughs> what a dick. He just punches through the glass and... And then, yeah, the, the shop owner or whatever is waiting with a, with a, with a gun. Pulls the yeah, gun on him. Yeah, but... he's been robbed five times this year. So right. believe me when I tell you, I'll use this gun. Right. And then uh, Starman activates the medallion on his chest. And it sends out this Z, Z sound. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian Z. <Zed. laughs> and then he just falls over and he faints. Well, yeah, the, the sound makes the rifle, the, oh, yeah, yes, the gun yes, disappear. Disappear, right. 
And then he faints. Starman faints. So then the guy, the shop owner decides to call the cops. Well, no, no, no. He doesn't call the cops. He, he says, uh, first he says, you, you vanished it with that sound stuff. What sort of man are you? Yeah, I thought the same thing when I saw his costume. What sort of man are you? And then uh, the shop says, uh, I'll be. He passed out. Can't see him too well in this darkness. Dressed all funny. But I, I've got a feeling this boy needs a bed more than a jail. So uh, he's just taking him upstairs to his apartment. He's not, he's not calling the cops. Ah, uh, okay. Because uh, then, we... then he says, and if I can make myself some money off that sound gadget, you know, all the better. So he's going to try and, like, you know, right. fi figure out how that sound gadget works. Then we cut over to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's a Some... secret, like, headquarters on the moon uh, that's right. that can't be detected by humans or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, underneath, like, this bubble, this bubble dome on the moon. And, like, if you look at the Earth, the Earth is not even close to accurate. <laughs> the drawing. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty bad. <laughs> like, what? What the fuck? Yeah, in fact, it, it's because they miscolored. They colored the land as blue and the oceans as green. Oh. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I was going to say, how do you even do that? Uh, like, how do you make those land masses? But yeah, I guess Vosberg did the land right. They just colored it wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Terrible. Anyway. Uh. So now we get this. Uh, these aliens arguing with each other. We get, like, the leader of these aliens smacking his you know subordinate imbecile incompetent fool and then at the bottom it says a translation gary so there's one of those editors oh, well, jerry. Uh, jerry jerry i used to call him gary as a kid so because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's jerry with a g yeah, yeah jerry with a g um but so i like yeah. the little uh, i like the blue alien girl she's foxy yeah but, <laughs> yeah it's a good she, shot she, she's sitting with her uh her butt right to the camera uh -huh. <laughs> so thanks for that mike fosberg i mean I, I think he draws women way better than he draws men so congratulations yeah like actually you're right if you look at this bottom shot of her she's yeah it's like that's a really great. good panel it's of her. a great yep. shot yeah um in fact the art on this page is noticeably better than previous pages i'm not sure why uh hmm. yeah it's kind of uh it's very acceptable right <laughs> it's like fluid like i'm not sure what's going on here well, you know what else? If you look at the first page, technically it says Mike Vosberg and Mike Ro Royer, artists. So at first I thought that Mike Royer was the inker, but maybe they're actually trading pages. Maybe that's it. You know? Yeah, I just assumed Royer was the inker, but yeah, it, like that page definitely seems different. Right, right. So. so it just could be a completely different penciler, and that's why. I don't know. But anyway... So yeah, so basically this leader of the bad guys here, Master Comac, he's mad at this guy because he didn't kill Starman. Or now we find out his real name is Mikal Thomas. Yeah, um, I, I guess they they call him Michael Thomas when he get, becomes an American, like, you know, on yeah. planet Earth. It's, but it's like M-I-K-K-A-L-T-O-M-A-S or whatever. K-A-A-L-O. A A L yeah double A yeah so he's like all mad that uh, they let him escape mm -hmm. and uh, yeah so so yeah um, so then there's this woman in the scene um, Lady Cornwell or Cormel she's like well why don't you let me take care of it uh, she's like no have it your way so tell us what are your plans for the traitor M Michael Thomas oh so the, yeah he's he's like okay well I'm gonna send I'm going to send yeah. this guy, first guardsman of the world stone, Turan Ka, after him. 
Now, now this, again, now this seems more in line with the art previous to the last page. And, like, look at the head on the, the big evil guy. Again, way too small. Mm, way too small. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, the, the, the big evil guy, like, uh, the, the leader says, show me uh, an example of your strength. Right. And, and the guy he's sending to Earth picks up a chair and crushes it. Right. I mean... Yeah, now, I guess. Think that, you'd uh, think that if all these people are the same race, and I'm assuming he already knows this guy, why does he need to yeah. see a demonstration of his strength? Wouldn't he already know it? I think he might be showing it for that lady uh, and also the reader, you know? Yeah. Which is bad. You never do that. But uh, but she looks even she looks good at the bottom there, too. So right. I, I don't know. It's tough to tell yeah, it's, it's, what's it's going on. It's hard to tell what's going on. You're right. So that's the end of chapter one. So yeah, that that big guy is gonna is gonna hunt this guy down, Michael Thomas, Starman. So then, oh, we got a really awkward. Okay, so now we start chapter two. We get a tiny inset panel of Starman's face, and he's dreaming. It says, he says, "No, Lisa, no, we can't. Too dangerous." And obviously, this is translated from. Jer we get a note from Jerry again. So apparently, this is a flashback, but it's so awkward because. Yeah. It's just again. It's this tiny panel of him in a, as an inset, and then the the larger panel is this alien world, right? And we find yeah. out, like this is not this is not even the moon now. This is another planet. Yeah, and, I forget what his planet's called. It's like Thylock Three or something. Yeah, right? it's like yeah, a T, yeah. something like that. I don't know. So basically, he's arguing with this girl. Um, yeah, um, you said Lisa, but it's spelled crazy because she's an alien. It's like L I I or L Y Y S S A, yeah, whatever. Um, but but again, yeah, she wants to go to Earth. I guess their their uh, alien race is planning to conquer Earth, right? And I guess she wants to take a shuttle to Earth and warn them. And and he's telling her he's like trying to get her to not go. But like, look at the second panel. Like, she looks really good there, I think. And then yeah. he's not so much. So I don't know. I think Vosberg just draws women better. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> even like the third panel, then in the next row, like she looks great, but uh -huh. the guy next to her doesn't look so good at all. So yeah, and it's funny because they're arguing, arguing, and then this guard or whatever sees them, and she, he sees her running away. He just shoots her, kills her. She's dead. Yeah, she it turns into dust. Yeah, vaporized. And then he's like, Lisa, Lisa. And, ah, he runs after the guard, punches him in the face, punches him again, punches him. And then he gets hit from behind by these guys with these, I don't know what they are, gravity rods? <laughs> yeah, like these big sticks. Right. And then he's <laughs> they like knock him unconscious. Right. Yeah. And then he's kind of like put on trial for treason. Uh, you know, you've been charged with plotting treason, Michael Thomas. Your co-conspirator, Lisa... Uh, Jerndell is dead. This council has felt you guilty. Uh, and then he's like, I just hope you all burn in hell and whatever. Now, now just to point out to everybody, <laughs> again, our hero was trying to not do anything heroic and was trying to prevent the woman from doing something heroic. She dies and then he gets mad. Right. So it's, it's a weird origin story. I want to see... I want to see her in a in a comic book, because she seems brave and courageous. Uh, yeah. I I don't really want to see David Bowie in a uh, comic book, so I I'd like to see Lisa get her own comic, but I don't know. But we can't because she was turning she was turned into ashes. Right. So we can't. So he's being uh, led away to his I guess his prison sentence, and then of course he he does the old one two and he knocks out his guards, kicks them. 
and then he steals their laser doohickey thing and he blows i don't know how this works but he yeah he shoots well, off the these yeah. like brace like they're like handcuffs but there's also handcuffs around his torso and somehow he just points the gun behind his back and shoots them off. I don't know how that works, but yeah, his hands aren't cuffed, but the handcuffs are around the biceps of his arm and they're linked behind his back. So he has to put the gun behind his back and just shoot himself kind of up along the back, right? Without hitting himself, and yeah, it's awkward, but yeah. And then um, and uh, and then basically Starman wakes up from his uh, his nightmare. Yeah, now we're back on Earth. Yeah, with the shopkeeper or whatever his name is. Yeah, and the shopkeeper's wife, I guess. Right. Um, and uh, the woman's offering him breakfast. And uh, and basically, Starman just kind of wakes up, and they're, now they're chatting. And, of course, now we find out that he knows English. He's like, yeah, we learned... yeah go ahead. We learned English so we could invade your planet. Not because our world is dying, but because my race requires conquest emotionally. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, now, now the shopkeeper and the wife are getting kind of freaked out because he's a space alien. And mm. at first they just thought he was a dude with blue skin and purplish red mm. hair and, you know, yoga outfits. They're like, oh, that guy's cool. But now that he's an alien, they're like, oh, we better call the cops. We can't be uh, doing this. So the wife goes in the kitchen to call the police. And uh, I don't know. But but Starman thanks the shopkeeper for taking care of him. And then uh, he, he says, hey, don't worry. I have my sonic crystal medallion and my flyer pods. <laughs> they may help me survive for a time. Where are his flyer pods? What do you think those are? I Maybe there's those white stripe things on his uh, mm. pants and his arms. That must be it. Okay. All right. Yeah. So then he's like, well, um, I haven't been located yet. Or, yeah, or sorry, sorry. The others may not have located me yet, or they may be waiting for the right moment. If I'm to fight them, I must be free, which means I must say goodbye. So he just flies out the window and leaves them. Oh, and I guess the wife was calling the hospital, like the mental hospital. Uh, okay. I think he's a lunatic. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then we cut over to the funeral of a guy who died. Yeah, that cop whatever that swedish cop right. he died yeah and then um and now we've got the uh colonel mcgruber no sorry colonel mm. mcgruder yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and he and he's like uh you know sergeant o'donnell can i speak with you so he gets him to come into his his car and he's like uh you know basically he's got to tell him something's up and so he brings him to the docks where this spaceship has crashed and well, it's not. It's just landed, really. Yeah, yeah, not. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's just sitting there. It's just sitting there, floating in the water. Yep. And you know, you want to talk about art. Uh, we've got like you know this kind of dock here. Then we've got this spaceship floating, and then we've got this big like what do you call that? Like boat? I don't know. Just like a regular uh, yep. cargo boat, whatever it's called. And in the background, we see like the city, but it's just really poorly done. <laughs> you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Like I mean, the, there's, there's more, there's way more egregious panels in this book, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just not a great panel. I don't know. It just uh, doesn't show, like, uh, not much imagination to it. Anyway. And so anyway, so they're like, yeah, you know, uh, it's not a plain O'Donnell. It's some sort of orbital space shuttle. The sort of thing NASA is trying to develop. So we checked it, and it's empty, which means whoever piloted it has escaped. Like, 
uh, odd detective work there, but he could be an enemy, Agent O'Donnell. Possibly an enemy spy. Uh, I don't know. So anyway, so now we see the, the tough guy from earlier, whatever his name is. The big tough alien, the strong one. So he sees what's going on and he decides, well, you know, uh, um, when I find him, the execution will be swift and sure. So he's going to track down Michael Thomas and kill him. And again, still way too small with the heads. Yeah, that's true. On this that's guy. True. Um, all right, so, Michael, the next panel, we see uh, Starman and his little leotards going out around the city. And he's saying, wow, this world's much like mine. It's uh, similar. But, uh, all right, now, you need to explain what's going on here in this panel, though, Michael. We see, like, people lounging around, like a fruit stand. <laughs> and there's a very small person in front of, like, the fruit stand. Do you see him? Yeah, well, I'm assuming it's supposed to be a little kid. But I like his pants go way up to his chest, like like Fred Mertz and I Love Lucy, and he's wearing a little hat, but he is way small. Like I I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's very odd. It's very odd. And then like there's <laughs> there's like two women I think standing on the sidewalk facing like the stores. I I don't know if they're supposed to be like prostitutes or what, but they're just hanging what? out there. Not prostitutes, yep. but. Well, one's it, sitting down with the yeah. leg crossed. And, it's just yeah, really Yeah, maybe just like kids loitering. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. But that one little guy, I don't know what is happening there. Uh-huh. And then Starman is just standing there hanging out. And he's like, the fashions are strange and the, and the technology primitive. Still, there is a warmth here that, A, my sonic crystal glowing, warning me of approaching danger. And then, oh, he gets bumped by this big alien guy. And he bumps into some mm -hmm. trash cans. Yeah, when you say he gets bumped by, that, you literally mean he got. That's the sound effect. Yeah, that's bump. the sound effect. He gets bumped, <laughs> bumped. <laughs> uh, and then he's like, "Michael Thomas, I am Turin Ka, first guardsman of the World Stone, and I have come to take your life." But then Starman kicks him in the face, and then you know now like all the pedestrians in the seats, street see what's going on, and I think it's that that same kid from earlier, right, watching from across the street. I think so. I think it's that miniature kid, isn't it, with the, the plaid on? Oh, you know maybe what? Not. Yeah, it, it is. But he's way taller now. Yeah, he's way grown. Yeah, in the last. Because <laughs> he goes up to like the shoulders of uh, that girl. Yep. Um, but yeah, he does have the same plaid jacket. Or that kid had plaid pants on. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think it's the same one. Weird. Uh, I think maybe that person's supposed to be that blonde who is sitting next to the brunette. Oh, I maybe. Don't know. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> anyway. I, I like how the guy, the one guy has a jacket on the back of the jacket. It just says Bronx. Right, right. So in case he forgets where he lives. Again. So then Starman's like, a guardsman here on Earth. Then the Mind Council is serious and the threat, is, the threat to Earth is deadly. Mine isn't the only life which stands in the balance today. If I lose, then every man and woman on the world loses also. I only pray I have the strength to do what must be done. The end. <laughs> yeah, yep. That's it. And, and so, for and the so, moment, our story yeah. ends. If you want to see more of our heroic Starman, read this issue's letters page. And in the meantime, don't take any wooden spaceships. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, you, don't see, <laughs> you don't see any more of them. Like, they try to explain the origins of the story, but, like, this is it. Again, this is the yeah. last you see of Starman until, like, 1990s. <laughs> so and when he does pop up, that James Robinson fella, uh, I think in... The 2000s, he, he mentioned uh, that Starman is gay. So yeah. he made Starman gay. Yeah. So it all starts coming together. <laughs> it's all making sense. But uh, egad. 
What a fucking story this is. I, uh, I, I think I, the best I, thing I, about I, this whole comic book is if you skip past the, the next page, Shazam, the cupcake caker. The cupcake Yeah, I, I saw that. <laughs> it's Shazam and a hostess cupcake uh, ad, and that's way better than Starman. So. I, yeah, I gotta say, when I was a kid, like, 11, 12, 13, I used to do my own comics. And this <laughs> issue reminded me of those comics I used to do as a kid. Like, it is just so badly written, and, like, the story is just so badly, you know, like, laid out. Like, like if you were to take this exact story, there's ten different ways you could tell it better, you know? But yes. the way that it's done is just backward. It's not, there's no mystery, there's no suspense, there's no drama, there's nothing. The way the characters are introduced is bad, you know? Like, everything about it is bad. Yeah, and it, it, like you said, it just ends. There's no... Uh, right. Like, and nothing. Like, I can understand if they're, they're expected to do the next issue next month. Yeah, that would be a perfect uh -huh. ending. But when, when you're only doing a one-shot, can you really end it like this? Yeah. <laughs> Seems like and that's crazy. the thing is even if this was the like the first issue of a series you usually wouldn't end a first issue of a series like this usually a first issue you kind of have like a self-contained story right just to kind of I don't know I, I wouldn't mind it ending on a because you know, I'd want to buy the next one to see the big fight so I wouldn't uh -huh. mind if there's a next but, one but there is no next one so yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do uh, I don't know um, and yeah the art is really bad as well um, right it's bad yeah like again there are some good panels and the most interesting character is killed within two panels uh lisa yeah. the lady weird and, and that's um, the thing is like she's killed the cop is killed and they're both kind of for no reason well i guess lisa's death is to you know get him fired him, up yeah. and to make him actually stand up and do something because uh he was trying to prevent her from doing anything and so seeing her die, it's like, oh, it motivates him to be a hero now. But yeah, way, you know, a real hero wouldn't have needed the death of an innocent woman. <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, we should mention he also has really long sideburns. So yeah. that's classic 70s. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is just terrible. I, I am relieved, though, that you admit that it's terrible. I thought oh, you were yeah. going to come on and say, oh, this is great. I love this. No, oh, no. my God. I, this is one of the worst books we've ever reviewed, for sure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, would you like to apologize to me and the re and the viewers? No and the listeners? way! This is this a, is terrible. This is a good discussion, anyway. <laughs> is it? Is it really? I think so. I'm having fun. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, Conway, I guess, said he was uh, surprised when that James Robinson guy brought Starman back into the, the other Starman book because he's like, you know, I just threw this together to because we needed to fill out first issue special because they had to keep coming up with new ideas each month. And he's like, I just threw it together to come up with a way to fill an issue. Wow, and, uh, well, I can tell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, he had no big plans for this character or anything. So, yeah, how about that? Yeah. Um, can, you, can you think of a costume worse than this for a male superhero? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll dig deep. I could probably think of one, but this is definitely up there. It's not great. Definitely not. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's rough. Uh, yeah, and I, I gotta say, I love Jerry Conway, I've met Jerry Conway, he's great, I love his Spider-Man stuff, but Harlan Ellison once said that Jerry Conway was the worst writer in comics, and <laughs> I can see why, because the interview came out a few years after this, and I can definitely <laughs> see why he would have said that. 
if a lot of Jerry Conway stuff around this time was this bad, you know? It seems like Conway was just really, he came in guns blazing as like a 19-year-old. Right, <laughs> he right, he right. used all his great stuff. And then by 23, he was just downhill. 22, 23, he was downhill from there. Well, he bounced uh, back because I do like his later stuff in the 80s. Like, and then in the 90s, he did Spider-Man. It was great. So I definitely could bounce back. But yeah, this is terrible. But like you said, he's only like, what, 25-ish here? Or 26, probably? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. 24? Um, wow. But, uh, <laughs> so there you go. Woo! <laughs> Star man. Uh, yeah. Are we going to get to ratings here? I guess. Yeah. I think the highest I can go is 3 out of 10. Uh, yeah, I want to go 1 out of 10. Because it's just... Yeah, I, I feel worse for having read it. Maybe. Okay, you know what? I could lower it. I mean, really, all things considered, it's it's a 2 out of 10. Maybe even lower, but it's bad. It's really <laughs> bad. Maybe even lower. Mm. Uh, yeah. Whew. Anyway. So, next week, it's my pick. First issue special. Number No, we're not doing first <laughs> issue special anymore. I'm trying right, to... What's uh, it going to be? I'm stalling to to Google up how old uh, Jerry Conway would have been. Um, I can fill time by talking about uh, Michael Thomas, if you want. Starman. Yeah, he would have been like 25. Okay. 25. So there you go. 24, 25, depending on mm. whatever. So, uh, all right. So next week, uh, would you would you care to guess, Mike? Yeah, there's a there's a there's a tie-in with uh, a TV show. Tying with a TV show. Uh, uh, is it ISIS? <laughs> no. no. Okay. Uh, the TV show I'm referencing is WandaVision. Oh, so Vision and the Scarlet Witch? Yes, we're going to go with the Whoa. first incarnation of Vision and the Scarlet Witch, number one from 1982. Whoa! Because there were two series called Vision and the Scarlet Witch. This one, and then there's one like around 85-ish, 80, I think. Okay, that, I think that okay, was like so, a 12-issue limited yeah, series. Yeah, and that I think. one was by Steve Engelhart. This one's a four-issue series, right? Yes, and the writer is Bill Mantlo. Whoa! And the artist is Rick Leonardi. This is some oh, of Rick Leonardi's. Oh, nice! I've it's some never of his very early stuff. So it, it's always fascinating seeing this kind of thing because you can recognize some Leonardi, and then you're like, "Well, sure. that doesn't look like him," but this looks like a lot like him. But yeah. Wow. So. Perfect. Yeah, I've never read this. So, uh, yeah, 1982, Vision of Scarlet Witch, number one. And uh, why are you excited for WandaVision, Michael? Yeah, I mean, yeah. The trailer, of all the Marvel shows coming out, that's the only one that really uh, interests me. Yeah, you? I just saw the trailer the other day, and it looks pretty spectacular, yeah. the trailer. Like, so. This is perfect timing, yeah. I guess it premieres, uh, well, by the Tomorrow. time this episode comes out. Yeah, yeah, true, the 15th, yeah. yeah. It would have premiered a few yeah. days ago. We're recording but, uh, in September, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but WandaVision Woo, and uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch alright well I imagine it'll be better than this one but anyway <laughs> yes at least Woo. this episode was quick yeah that's true how long has it been 15 minutes okay anyway so yeah every week we review a different Bronze Age comic book some are good some are bad um, we can find our uh, show Flea Market Fantasy on Stitcher iTunes uh, Spotify under Comic Book Syndicate also on the Comic Book Syndicate Twitter page, Facebook, YouTube, 
and our website. Uh, so yeah, join us again next week, and until Tuesday, disperse! <laughs>